Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous line of pre owned inventory. Wide variety, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day, Damian Lillard with another big shot late. Final 20 seconds of regulation. What's it going to be? Lillard on the run, goes to the line looking for the three-point play. Zion did in the first half. You know, you almost expect him to dribble the clock down, take his time, and maybe take a final shot. Look how early he went the shot clock. So I don't know if he caught Lonzo Ball off guard. The fact that he wasn't prepared for him. Well, the fact that Lonzo Ball's defending him, I'd go at that all night long. He couldn't defend you. <laughs> For goodness sakes. Hey, you're, see, it's the Portland Trailblazers. He said, all right, here it is, final seconds. What's it going to be? I don't know, Damian Lillard? Okay, Dave Zagaro joins us from NBC Sports Philly. Hi, Dave. How have you been? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Carson Wentz deal, your evaluation, did they get maximum value? Well, they didn't get maximum value. I, I, I think that, you know, in the scope of what we know right now, it's fair value. Uh, you, you have to look at it two ways, right? I think in in like the, the micro sense, we all knew he had to get moved, and, and the Eagles ended up getting what I think is pretty fair for a guy who was statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year. They get a, a third-round pick this year and a second-rounder next year that I, I think has a pretty good chance to become a, a first-round pick. So, yeah, I think that's fair. They probably wish this third-round pick this year was a second, but... Um, Look, he was the worst quarterback in the league last year, and, and you're trading him based on the potential he gets better. But that's just looking at it from the scope of what we know over last month. In the grand scheme of things, did they get enough for him? No. I mean, this is a, a colossal failure because they made this guy their franchise, and uh, three years after they won a Super Bowl, he's already gone. So um, I, I think that you need some nuance to talk about this because it, it's not one or the other. It's um, I think they're happy they got what they think is you know a, a decent return given the circumstances, but I don't think anyone's wearing party hats at the Novacare complex right now. Well, the other part too is if it ends up being a first based on percentage he plays, or here's the other part: the Colts making the playoffs. Uh, that means that that pick is in the first round by late. And you and I both know there are only 15 legitimate first-round picks. I mean, come on. Uh, and that's every year. I mean, anybody who thinks differently is fooling themselves. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, that that's kind of the circumstance, though. It's 
I mean, if they got a first-round pick from the Colts this year, it'd be 21. So um, I, I think you probably have to anticipate that first-round pick from the Colts next year is also going to be in that same range. Right, exactly. And that's, that's my point about it. All right, so now moving forward, do you place it out of the realm of possibility that with the sixth pick, the Eagles take a quarterback? No, no, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. Uh, in fact, I'm told they're really keeping their options open right now. Uh, it's not like they traded Carson Wentz and everyone is just full steam ahead with Jalen Hurts. They're going to do their homework. And um, that goes into free agency where they don't really have any money. Um, I think they're probably going to try to add some sort of veteran. Uh, and that also goes to the draft where, you know, if you're sitting there at the number six overall pick, if you have any fear that Jalen Hurts is not the future, you owe it to yourself if you're the Eagles to at least do your homework on on the potential players who will be there at six or uh, who might go earlier and, and you can get up there to get them. Because if you're willing to take a quarterback at six and, and you identify the guy, you better be willing to move up however many spots it takes to get them at two or three or four. So. Uh, I, I think that option is clearly on the table. And if they do that, it, it makes the Hurts pick last year even more head-scratching. All right, so now let's let's go a different direction, though, Dave. All right, a different direction. Is it possible you take six and somebody is pining for a quarterback and you make a trade that can maybe get you a, a one, which obviously is going to be later in the round, coupled with a one next year, which means that you'd still have a one later this year, but three number one picks next year. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I, I think that they're really not going to limit themselves in the draft. Now, I, I think that they would, in a way, limit themselves if they identify a quarterback because, uh, look, if they identify a quarterback, they're going to do everything in their power to get that guy. And I don't know who that yeah, would be. Agreed. Um, yeah, but, agreed. like, yeah, if they, if they say, hey, Justin Fields is our guy, we're going to right. get him, then they're going to do whatever they have to do to get him. But if they don't feel that way and, and the compensation's right to move back, and it all depends on how the board goes, too. If they have, you know, if they have two players um, graded kind of equally and they think they can get one of them three spots later, that's the way they operate on draft day. They, uh, it's all about value. So if they feel like they can do that, then they would. I, they'd do that any time of the really any time you know that it's all about value in the draft for the eagles so that's how they view it at least so yeah i mean that's on the table too jalen hurts won his first start then they lost their next three statistically dave he got worse in each start his completion percentage in each start went down is it too small a sample size or is it enough of a sample size to be concerned <laughs> well it's both. It's. It, I think there are some legitimate concerns because uh, he didn't do anything to quell some of the fears about his game that he had attached to him coming out of college, right? Um, right. We knew he was an athlete. We knew he could make some things happen. There were questions about his accuracy, about his anticipation in the pocket as a passer. Um, and those things showed up in the NFL. So you have to wonder long-term. But, I mean, the team was a mess. The offense around him 
was a mess. He was dealing with a lot of the same issues that Carson Wentz dealt with, you know, an offensive line that was completely decimated by injuries, young skilled players who were ineffective, a play caller who had clearly lost his touch. And you have to remember, their offense last year was built for Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurst has a completely different skill set. They changed things up on the fly. Uh, The possible hope you have is that with the new head coach and the time to craft an offense around a particular quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who has a much different skill set, it would kind of play a little bit better for him this coming year. But you're also projecting at that point, too. The Eagles are also number two to the Saints right now in the worst cap situation. I mean, the Saints, again, they have to pick what the cap number is for this year. But the Saints right now are $65 million over the cap. The Eagles are second. They're $41.5 million over the cap. How difficult is it going to be to craft a roster with that kind of number? Yeah, it's not easy. Um, and it, the Eagles really weren't counting on the salary cap going down this year, you know, they and they, or right. last year. They were, they were really hoping, like, they would be at like two fifteen to you know two twenty in that cap, and then they'd be in fine shape. They never anticipated a global pandemic, and you can't fault them for it. Um, it, it makes things difficult, but they do have some pretty clear built-in ways, um, pretty easily to save some cap space that they're going to do. I mean, they're going to cut out Sean Jeffrey and Malik Jackson. They already did the legwork there. Um, they're going to be cut the first day of the league year. They're probably going to trade Zach Ertz. That'll save another five mil. Um, <clears throat> Derek Barnett is on a fifth-year option that comes with ten million dollars this year. He's not going to play on that, I wouldn't imagine. So right. either they release him and save that entire amount, or they sign him to a lesser contract, some sort of extension. Fletcher Cox, they can play around with that deal. They can get his cap hit down this year. So there are built-in ways uh, for them to save cap space. It also means that they're not going to be major players in free agency. They're, you're going to look at bargain bin options if you're the Eagles, and uh, it's really about 2022 at this point. It's also why they're fine taking this dead cap hit for Carson Wentz. It's exorbitant. It's, it's the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history by a considerable margin, and the reason they're okay with that is because it's, it's this year. They're going to get past this year, and and they're going to hope their revenues start to rise, and then they're really able to, to do better things in 2022. Right. Uh, i got to ask you about the uh, about Carson Wentz rejoining Frank Reich. What do you think that can mean for Wentz to get back with Frank Reich, if anything? I think it can help. Uh, he and Reich had a connection, and um, I, I, I don't think it's as simple as always back with Frank Reich, he's fixed, and you know, I don't think it's that simple, right. but I think there are some tangible ways uh, that being with Frank Wright can help him. And honestly, one of the easiest ways is that he's going to trust Frank Wright. Him and Frank get along, and, and that wasn't really the case with him and Doug late in, in their time together. And um, I also think Doug lost his touch a little bit as a play caller and never really had a feel for Carson. So. Uh, right, right off the bat, I think there are definitely some good things. It doesn't mean that it's like a magic wand for Carson Wentz, and all of a sudden he's going to be an MVP. But I think it's a pretty good situation for him in Indy. He's going in there with a pretty good team around him. 
he'll be protected, and, and I think Frank will help. I think uh, he and, and Frank have always been kind of on the same page, even maybe more so than uh, Carson and Doug, even when it was at his best. So uh, I, I really think he could have a bounce-back year in 2020, and, and the Colts are clearly banking on it too. I know the Eagles the last couple of years with Chip Kelly were in tough shape. But when's the last time you saw the Eagles in a situation where, look, they have holes everywhere, Dave. Can you remember a time where you had this many holes they needed to fill and maybe less leeway to do it? Yeah, I mean, they they weren't in, in this situation when Chip left. Honestly, that roster was pretty good compared to this roster. Heck, a lot of those players on those chip teams ended up hoisting the Lombardi, and that's not going to be the case for whenever the Eagles are good again. I mean, it's right. um, the cupboard is a lot more bare now than it was in, in 2016 when Doug took over. Uh, it's a problem. They have to start drafting better. It, I, honestly, when's the last time, really, um, beginning of Andy's tenure? You know, or maybe that one lull in the middle of, of the run, but... It, it's not a good roster right now, and that that comes back to drafting. Uh, and they're going to have a huge emphasis on on drafting right now. They have not, well, they have eight picks, and they probably have nine once the comp pick comes through. So that's that's a lot. It, it gives you a lot of uh, opportunity to you know get players, and also gives you a chance to move up and down in rounds, it, it, so you can identify players and go and get them. The confidence level that this GM and uh, his staff can scout and draft quality players. It's it's not very high. Um, there have been hits, but there have been a lot of misses and, and key misses. So, uh, really, that's the key. If they can draft better, they're not going to fix this team. That, that's point blank. Dave, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the insight. Enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Take care. You too. Well, did that make you feel better just makes it all the more intriguing of how this goes and no I I wasn't surprised with anything that he said those are about my thoughts exactly remember all the great things you have to go home to (laughs) just trying to keep I'm just trying to keep your spirits up well, thank you. Anything for you, okay? Anything for you. <laughs> we'll uh, come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. So that's who you traded, huh? Yeah. Wow. Sounds like a good player to me. That was Sean McDonough and John Gruden on Monday Night Football way back when. Certainly feels that way. By the way, Nebraska and Illinois were scheduled to open the season in Ireland. They are not going to play the game in Ireland. Instead, on August 28th, they'll play at Memorial Stadium in Champaign. With the pandemic going on, they just thought it was better to uh, play the game here and stay away from international travel. Joe Milton, the Michigan quarterback, 
has entered the transfer portal. And I think you know by now Zach Kuntz of Penn State also entered the transfer portal. So that's where we are with college football. And tonight, college basketball, Penn State gets Ohio State. That'll be in the Jordan Center at 8. I'm beginning at 7.30. Uh, I'll finish with this show at 5. I'll be back at 6.05 with uh, Jeff Cook, the men's soccer coach, and Jim Ferry, the head basketball coach, from 6.05 to 7. Then in the car, quick trip over to the Jordan Center on at 7.30, and then game tips at 8 this evening. So that's the story for tonight. JT Real Muto, about six days ago, broke his right thumb. It's at the base of the thumb. He's uh, definitely out two weeks before they reevaluate it. Uh, they're looking right now at the possibility he is out a minimum of a month. And that is the story with JT Real Muto. Again, it's February, so it's as long as it doesn't linger, he should be he should be fine. But you know, after investing all that money in him, it's the last thing you want. But he's missing at least a couple of weeks. But it looks like it's going to be a month. And again, it's on his throwing it's throwing hand, his throwing thumb. So we're going to have it immobilized for two weeks, then reevaluate. They're still hopeful that he is in the opening day lineup. And they open the season on April 1st when they take on the Atlanta Braves. So a good start to that five-year, $115 million deal. You think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting day in Philly sports. Uh, Andrew Knapp would be the catcher in uh, spring training. And then uh, Jeff Mathis there uh, would be the backup in spring training right now until JT gets back. But, I mean, he'll, he'll probably be in the opening day lineup. That's not an issue. And then there's Carson Wentz being traded. This just in, Carson Wentz is a Colt. playing time this season or 70% of the snaps for the Colts and the Colts make the playoffs I mean the the salary they're paying him is not they paid Phillip Rivers a one year deal 25 million last year so what Wentz is making is about the same what uh, as to what Rivers made last year with Indianapolis so that's not a hit for them And you saw what the Padres did with Fernando Tatis Jr. 14-year, $340 million deal. There's a $10 million signing bonus. And then the first four years, he makes $34 million. So he makes $8.5 million for... The first four years, eight and a half million per year. Then it escalates up. But while it's escalating up, that's when Eric Hosmer's contract is escalating down. Give the Padres credit. They've spent a lot of money. 
lot of money. Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, Fernando Tatis Jr. And by the way, there are opt-outs in Hosmer and Machado's contracts. This contract with Tatis, though, has no opt-out in it on either side. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. How about that story about the Mars landing, huh? Pretty cool. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Wide range, great selections of pre-owned inventory. And sales staff that will work with you, service department that is always on top of it. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Well, guess who's cashing in on the problems in Texas? It's a Frisco-based natural gas producer cashing in on a surge in prices for fuel, according to Bloomberg. Comstock Resources, which has sold gas from its Haynesville shale wells in East Texas and northern Louisiana at premium prices the past week, demand has led gas prices in some regional hubs to soar as much as 1,000 per million British thermal units. And the owner is Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. Of course. You sound bitter. (laughs) Now they can sign Dak Prescott. All right. We think. Maybe they want to trade for Jalen Hurts. (laughs) You know what? That would just add to this been this whole bizarre equation. That really would. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, look, uh, it's interesting. It's... uh, it's, You you don't want to see anybody profiting off tragedy, that's for sure. So, all right. Let's uh, go back to the Carson Wentz story because Matt is consumed with it and has been for months. So with that, we bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Matt, Carson Wentz is a Colt. Yeah, uh, for, what, a a third-round pick this year and a conditional second in 2022. uh, It had to happen. It's amazing to me it got to this point. It's more amazing to me. The man that put them in this situation will still be allowed to make the decisions going forward, but this needed to end, and it's a good landing spot for Wentz. And I think 
it's probably as good a return as the Eagles could have hoped for in a situation where they had put themselves in a situation where they had absolutely no leverage. I I, I, I kept seeing first-rounders, first-rounders, whole thing. They got what I thought they would get, and this is a conditional one, but it's a conditional one that works for the Colts. I mean, we, with Wentz, you expect them to be pretty good. It's going to be somewhere in the 20s. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, first-round pick's a first-round pick, and, you know, in theory, it gives you ammunition to move around and stuff like that. But I, I can't express how little confidence I have in this front office to take even good picks and turn them into something tangible. This thing has been run into the ground so quickly, and it's a terrible situation. Like, I, I think I've said NFL is year-to-year. You see teams all the time go from 4-12 to 12 to win 11 games and all. But you look at the – because we haven't even touched on the dead cat hit they're going to take with Wentz, you know, some right. $30 million. The, the roster is a mess. The I can't imagine the locker room's in great shape. You've got a new untested coach. I, You know, it's not good. It's not good at all. Let's talk about the dead money for a moment. What does this do now for the Eagles on dead money? Uh, it, you know, it, it just kind of shrinks everything because I'm not enough of a salary cap guru to tell right. you how much this hamstrings them. But when you got the largest dead cap hit in NFL history, it's never good. Right. No, exactly. Exactly right. It's interesting. He was drafted out of North Dakota State and obviously had great success there. But always the one area you kept looking at with him was, you know, you're still going against FCS competition. Now, obviously, you got off to a great start. In the end, where was the point where everything turned south for him? I mean, I, I don't mean just the injury, but other things. I don't know if we can pinpoint one spot. I think he gets hurt the year they go to the Super Bowl. He was probably, if he plays 16 games, he's probably on track to be the MVP there. He was that good. And he put them in position to win the Super Bowl as far as getting them to the point where they would have home field and everything. But then you had this odd dynamic with Foles taking over and actually winning the game. Right. And everybody kind of knew that it was Carson's team, but it was Foles that held up the Lombardi trophy. And this was like, this was a weird situation. It was nobody's fault, but it creates this odd dynamic. Right. And I think they did the best they could. You know, I think Wentz came back too quick the next year and wasn't completely ready and then had the back issue. And then let me get my calendar. So that would be 2018. And then 2019, had a pretty good season and played really well by the end of the year. And then he was completely healthy. And then Jadavian and then Jadavian Clowney got him. And see, I think that's the turning point. Yeah, and it might be, and it's a shit, you know, because you could talk about, you know, he's injury prone, and you know, we can. Uh, it's a legitimate discussion point, but I'm not going to hold it against the guy because he gets cheap shotted and gets a concussion. Right. Like that's oh, no. that's not injury prone. That's just <laughs> no that, NFL football. Right. But you're probably right. If you're, I don't know if that freaked the Eagles out to the point where they worry about his durability. So it, it, the the point of no return, as we look at this big picture, is when they draft Jalen Hurts. No in the doubt. Round. No doubt. I mean, and it's not just 
taking a quarterback it's taking a quarterback in a situation where you have desperate needs at other positions and you spend that type of capital on a second on a quarterback so when you look at this we talked about the odd situation with Foles nobody's fault it's a difficult situation to handle you want a Super Bowl, so it's worth it. But it, it presented these this weird situation. So then Foles leaves as a free agent. Everybody can kind of say, okay, right, wrong, fair, unfair. Carson's team, they gave Nate Sudfeld a bunch of money to stick around as the backup. Okay, yeah. let's make sense, go forward. Like we said, Carson, you know, I think they were only 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, whatever they won, but they won the division, rallied at the end, and then he gets hurt in the playoff game. Right. Then you go and draft Jalen Hurts, and you've created kind of the full situation again, but this time without the benefit of winning a Super Bowl, and it's all proactive. You can spin it and say what you want about quarterback factory and best player available and all that stuff. You took a quarterback in the second round, so now you have guaranteed that anything Wentz does that isn't up to par. You're going to have people clamoring for Jalen Hurts. They should have known that, I don't know, it's very obvious that this didn't sit well with Wentz. If you've put this type of money into the quarterback position with Carson Wentz, you should have known how he would react to doing something like this. And not for nothing, what was it, the summer of 2019, they gave Wentz a a max extension, and then 10 months later they're drafted a quarterback? I mean, The whole thing's absurd. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It is. And now they're sitting with the sixth overall pick. And they might take a quarterback. And that was going to be my next question. Might they take a quarterback because there are four that fall into that top six? I, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this on your show two or three times. A front office that gave one guy a max extension to spend a second-round pick on another guy has quietly, not quietly, but been giving millions of dollars to a third guy to be a backup number three quarterback, and somehow, despite dumping all of those assets into that bucket, your 2021 starter might not be on the roster. And somehow, the people responsible for that are going to be allowed to drive the bus going forward. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) stunning in a lot of ways. And again... This really gets... Because it's just so self-inflicted. It, it, the whole thing is so self-inflicted. I mean, I see. Uh, you know, we most people think Lawrence is going first. A lot of people think Wilson might go second. Right. But now you got, you obviously have Fields, and you've got uh oh another North Dakota State quarterback, Trey Lance, and a general manager that from thirty thousand feet appears to make moves where I'm trying to tell you I'm smarter than the rest of you. Absolutely. We lead the league in that. <laughs> for my money, this is, put the quarterback situation in a box for a second. Sure. This this roster is bleeding talent. Like, it is No barren. question. No question. The, 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 most of the talent they have is old or overpriced, if not both, at this point in this, their career. And I say that. And I don't mean that snarkily, because no. a lot of these guys did a lot of great for this franchise. But if you're going to look at it in the the window of a 2021 roster, a lot of guys making a lot of money that don't bring much to the table anymore. And other positions that they've either ignored or missed on that desperately need help. My point for this is 
I'm trading six, and I'm getting multiple assets back. That being said, do you trust the front office making that decision? No, but in a vacuum, I think they need so much. Hertz is my guy in the short term. Trade the six, try to get maybe two picks, a pick next year. Like, I, I just think they need too much to, to you know, and <laughs> – I just I, I'm trying to imagine because it's legit a legitimate possibility if they go quarterback at six, just amazing. Well, that they, press conference right. will be worth the price of admission yeah. afterwards. I mean, they could trade, move down, still have a first somewhere, get a first next year. So next year they would have their own, the one they acquired, and the Colts pick, and they could have three next year. Right, and then all of a sudden you can, you know, but. Then we come back to, do you trust the people making the decisions to get it right? You know, in the short, in the, so the, the window of the last three, four years, not a lot of evidence to point to that. So you keep ruining the questions by bringing, being, bringing logic back in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing. I mean, that Super Bowl was not that long ago. I know. You know? Like, kids that started college are still in college in the time that they won the Super Bowl. And well, can, can it I, feels like decades ago. Well, can I, yeah, can I take you back to that, though? When they won that thing, all right, and they beat the Patriots, and it was a fabulous game, and Foles, and the innovative play calling and everything that went with it. What was your thought process on that team going forward? Was it a team you thought they could make another run? Was it a team you thought was older? And this may have been the peak. What, can I bring you back to three years? What was what was you, what were you thinking? I thought you had a franchise quarterback coming back from injury. Yep. You had a quality backup to hold things down until he got until he was ready or if needed going forward. I thought you had multiple running backs who could, you know, you could mix and match depending upon time down situation. I thought Alshon Jeffrey was a top-level wide receiver. You know, they were loaded at tight ends. <laughs> no reason to think that they wouldn't right. make a run. Now, it's like I said, NFL's year to year. Things that work out one year. Sure. And you, I mean, we could probably go back and put a compilation of the announcers every, after every Super Bowl talking about how this team is set up for the long haul. Right. And it never, with the exception of New England, it never works out. Right. And the reason it worked in New England is because, A, they had a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, but they also were cold-blooded and didn't fall in love with guys and looked at everything through the pure calculus of how will this help us this year. Is it, you know, this guy was great this past season, 32, making $7 million. We don't need him. Move on. And, mm-hmm. you know. you also, But you also had a quarterback who – for the most part, until the latter stages of his career in New England, would be taking less money to give them room to make moves. Mm-hmm. Now, it helps that he's still not the highest paid person in his own house. But, right. you know, <laughs> that, does, that doesn't hurt. No, absolutely. You know, and so I really, I thought, you know, I don't think you can, in, in no way did I think that Wow, it's a good thing they won this one because this is a, this is going to fall apart in the next three right. years. That didn't even, you know, come into the the equation, and it's just really it's, you know, and it's the way I look at this. Everybody has paid for Howie Roseman's mess except for Howie Roseman. Which is, Peterson's gone. Carson right. Wentz is gone. <laughs> Which is my next question: How long is his leash? 
The fact that he's not going by now kind of tells you. And if you listen to Jeffrey Lurie in his press conference recently, went out of his way, almost like had an alternate reality feel about the job that Roseman's done, you know. And he deserves to He won a Super Bowl for Philadelphia. That never be taken away, and that's incredibly important. And he had a huge role in putting that together. But this is a short-term results business. And when you look at the last, you know, take that Super Bowl out. Let's play a game where the Eagles, Nick Foles passed near the end of the first half against Atlanta in the divisional playoffs. That's kicked straight up in the air and should have been intercepted. Actually right. is intercepted. Right. And the Falcons go on to win that game 21-12. to Because that's probably, if the Falcons scored there, that's probably the direction it would have gone in. Right. Or if Julio Jones catches the ball mm-hmm. on the last play of the game. Like, right, yeah, exactly. A lot exactly. of situations where they lose that game. Right. So all of a sudden, they're a disappointing first round out. Look at the last decade. You know, you take that year, you take that Super Bowl out, the high water part point is basically like Chip Kelly's first year. Right. And, you know, so I, I don't know of many front offices that could have the misfires this front office has and still manage to, to, to keep his job. <laughs> <laughs> I you don't know how, to, how else to put it. Like it's 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 blare. It's glaring. I will give you credit, my friend. Where you live is not boring. No, never is. Never is. Thanks so much for the perspective. As always, great to have you with us, Matt. Thanks. Have thanks for having me. Take care. All right, that is Matt Leon in Philadelphia. What was your take on that interview? All I have to say is, when it comes to the failures of the GM in this franchise, only one other person to look at, and that is Jeff Lurie, who continues to give the benefit of the doubt and have this face guard of the shortcomings of Howie Roseman. It's, it's... It's selfish. It's selfish on his part. We'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. You know, it's interesting with the Eagles having the uh, sixth overall pick, and we brought up the possibility of a quarterback. And when they're talking about quarterbacks these days, they're talking about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson of BYU, Justin Fields of Ohio State, and Trey Lance of North Dakota State. I'll be honest with you, uh, the, the name Mac Jones came up earlier. I would draft Mac Jones before I draft Trey Lance. 
there's there's I know he's got the big arm. I've got it. Um, but I feel like Mac Jones played in pressure situations, in pressure games. Lance played one game this year. So essentially, when Lance goes to the preseason to play, he will have played one game in 19 months. And now he's going up, he will be going up against an NFL caliber defense. And I don't care if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. That's still going to be better than what he's he was saying. Way better. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm not a buyer on that. I'm just not. That's why I would I'd pick Mac Jones of Alabama before I would pick Trey Lance. I might pick Kyle Trask before I pick Trey Lance. Now, the problem with Jones and the problem with Trask is as follows. You watch them both play in the SEC, but in reality, neither one of them has a really strong NFL-caliber arm. Now, they're both, especially Jones, is accurate, but he doesn't have what you call the big-time fastball. And Kyle Trask doesn't have the big-time fastball. But I feel like both guys have played in situations that are far above what Trey Lance has been playing in. And to me, Lance is the kind of guy you pick when you're trying to show everybody you're the smartest guy in the room. That's just me. Amani Oruwariere, the Detroit Lions, joins us tomorrow. The King is with us tomorrow. Matt will be talking about Carson Wentz in the after show all the way home in his car. (laughs) Oh, yeah.